Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, the prophet Isaiah, I guess in prophecy of the coming Messiah, pens the scripture and he says in verse 5 that, but he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that, what, that, that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Speaking of Jesus, by his wounds we are healed. I looked at the New Testament, and there's about 37 miracles that Jesus did, about 26 of which were specific healing and resurrection miracles. And I thought today I would outline some of them and the scriptures and references of where they come from. And so maybe if you're taking notes and you want to look into some of these further, I encourage you to do that. But we're going to go on a bit of a journey uh, because we'll start in John 4, verse 43 to 54, where Jesus heals a noble man's son. And I love this miracle because Jesus wasn't even in the room with the son when the son got healed. But if uh, you read the story, the father asks for Jesus to do a miracle in his son's life. And Jesus says, go, and it's like, go, it is done. And the, the father begins to go back home. And then he encounters his servants and they tell him that his son is well. And he goes, when did this happen? And the, the servants are like, oh, about one o'clock yesterday. And in his mind, he remembers that's exactly the time he had the conversation with Jesus and Jesus spoke the words. I'm believing today that there are people that you are believing for that are not even in the room today, but that if you would believe and have faith would encounter a healing miracle because of your faith. In Matthew 8, verse 14 and 15, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. Uh, this one does make me laugh a little bit because I always like to think what caused the fever. Was it Peter acting up, you know, and all the mother-in-law said, amen, you know what I mean? Um, but Jesus comes through and he brings a healing. In Matthew 7, 16 and 17, Jesus heals many sick and oppressed. In Mark 1, 4 to 45, Jesus heals a man with leprosy, a disease at the time that they had no answer for. People who had leprosy were considered unclean. To even touch them was considered uh, not like unkosher in that time. But Jesus touches the man with leprosy and he receives his healing. In Matthew, also oh, in Luke 7, 1 to 10, Jesus heals a centurion's paralyzed servant. And he goes, man, I, uh, he marvels at the faith of the centurion man. In Matthew 9, verses 1 to 8, Jesus heals a paralyzed man whose friends brought him to Jesus. In Mark 3, verse 1 to 6, Jesus heals a man's withered hand on the Sabbath, a day where most religious people would say you're not supposed to do any healing or any work, but Jesus is not restricted to the religious activities that we try and box him into. He moves as he will because he's the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. Luke 7, verse 11 to 17, Jesus raises a widow's son from the dead. In Matthew 9, 20 to 22, Jesus heals a woman from a bleeding issue. She's just in a crowd where a whole bunch of people are bumping around Jesus, and it's quite crowded, but she has the faith to reach out and touch the hem of his garment, and she experiences power that heals her instantly. In Mark, in Mark 5, 21 to 24, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter to life. 
In Matthew 9, 27 to 31, Jesus heals two blind men that were crying out for healing. In Matthew 9, 32 to 34, Jesus heals a man who wasn't able to speak. In John 5, 1 to 15, Jesus heals a man who had had an infirmity for 38 years. Friend, I'm telling you, yes, maybe it's been a long time that you've been believing for your miracle, that you've been holding on, but Jesus is able to do it. He's not concerned about the timeline, and if you'd have the faith, you can experience a miracle because Jesus is healer. That's only 13 down. Matthew 14, 34 to 36, Jesus heals many sick people as they touch the cloak of his garment. In Mark 17, 24 to 30, Jesus heals the Syrophoenician woman's demon-possessed daughter. In Mark 7, 31 to 37, Jesus heals a deaf and dumb man. In Mark 8, 22 to 26, Jesus heals a blind man. In John 9, 1 to 12, Jesus heals a man born blind by spitting on the ground, making some mud with saliva and puts it on his eyes. Supernatural miracle. Very unconventional. And I love this miracle because Jesus prays for the man and then he asks him the question, how's that? Can you see? And I appreciate this guy because he didn't lie to Jesus. You know, because sometimes I think when it comes to healing, we feel like we need to make Jesus feel better about has it happened or has it not. But he goes, hey, Jesus, look, if I'm being honest, I see men, but they look like trees. And so what does Jesus do? He doesn't condemn him, but he says, I'm going to pray again. And I believe today it's okay if somebody prays for you and they don't really think something's different, you tell them so they can pray again. I believe that God wants to create an environment of authenticity where we can just be real before Him. In Matthew 17, verse 14 to 20, Jesus heals a boy of an unclean spirit. In Matthew 12, 22 to 23, Jesus heals a blind and mute demon-possessed man. In Luke 13, 10 to 17, Jesus heals a woman who had been crippled for 18 years. In Luke 14, verse 1 to 6, Jesus heals a man with extreme swelling on the Sabbath again. In Luke 17, 11 to 19, Jesus heals 10 lepers. In John 11, 1 to 45, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, who had been dead for three days. In Mark 10, 46 to 52, Jesus restores blind Bartimaeus' sight. In Luke 22, 50 to 51, Jesus heals a, a servant's savored ear. This is where they've come to arrest him and someone swipes the sword, cuts off this guy's ear and Jesus picks it up and he just puts it back on. Friend, I'm here to remind you this morning that Jesus is healer. And the Bible goes on to say this in John 21, 25, that Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written about all that Jesus did. And then in John 14, 12, he goes on to say this. Very truly I tell you, whoever, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Man, that challenges my faith. Because we've just read of all those 26 miracles of healing and resurrection, and Jesus, knowing you and I, still says that they are going to do greater than what he had done. 
Oh, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a generation that sees the greater that Jesus declared here today. That Come on, for our workplaces, for our school, for wherever we are in our community, when people ask us, what is up with that Christianity thing that you do? It's like, come and see, because he is doing greater than what even happened in the Bible through ordinary people like you and I. You know, there's a couple of things that I have observed that were unique to some of these miracles that took place in, in, in the New Testament. And number one is that they recognized who Jesus was. It's funny, actually, there's another story where Jesus goes back to his hometown and the people are going, isn't that Jesus who grew up kind of down the street? Don't we know his mother and father, Mary and Joseph? Don't we know his sisters? And there was a sense of familiarity that began to to settle. And then the Bible says this in Mark 6, verse 4 to 6. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown among his relatives and in his own home. And it says he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Man, when we stop to live a life where we have a wonder about who Jesus is, we can actually limit his ability to do more in and through us. When we worship friends, it's not just us doing Christian karaoke. It's us recognizing that there is a God who is greater, who deserves the praise and the glory because he's majestic, he's powerful, he's supernatural, and he is worthy to be recognized as Jesus, the healer. Do you believe today that Jesus is healer? Do you believe today that Jesus is healer? The second thing is they engaged their faith in Jesus as healer. They engaged their faith in Jesus as healer. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In those miracles that I began to read, to read, it's amazing how in some of them, Jesus actually takes a moment to, to, to talk about the faith that he has seen. And he says this to the centurion when he asked him to heal his servant. He says, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. When the men brought their paralyzed friend before Jesus, he says this to them, Jesus saw their faith for the friend that they had brought, and because of their faith, their friend was healed. When the woman with the bleeding issue touches his garment, this is what he says to him. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith, your faith has healed you. When the two blind men are crying out, Jesus, have mercy on us. He says this to them. According to your faith, let it be done to you. When Bartimaeus is crying, son of David, have mercy on me. He says, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Oh, I'm here to remind you, faith activates the power of God that is in your life. Faith activates the power of God that is in your life. Mark 16, verse 15 and 18 says this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned And these signs will accompany those who believe, those who have faith. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in tongues. 
They will pick up snakes with their hands and they will drink daily, deadly poison and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Faith activates the power of God that is in you. He has given us the power. We need to engage our faith. I remember as a seven-year-old living in Zimbabwe, our dad had booked us a holiday to go to Victoria Falls. If you heard of Victoria Falls, it's amazing. One of the seven wonders of the world. It's just beautiful. And we're actually going to jump on a plane. It's one of my first time jumping on a plane. If I could tell you the excitement as a seven-year-old that I get to fly, it was unreal. I get to do it now, but you know, quite a bit, but I was like, this was mind-blowing. What, I'm going to be in the air just like, like this? It was amazing. Car was waiting outside, bags are packed, couldn't find the keys to the car. Oh, tell you what, have you ever been in a situation where you cannot find the keys to your car? We're looking everywhere. Car was filled up, had a good engine, powerful as much as I know, had the ability to get us from where we were to where we needed to be, but we didn't have the keys. And you see, that's the thing with faith. We've got the power. God has already given it to us. Bible says that we do. But some of us are about to get the faith keys because you need to crank that power up with the keys of faith today because until you do that, it's just sitting there waiting. And God's going, you've got the power. I've already said that greater things will you do in today's age than we're seeing in the Bible. But it's time, church. Time to crank the faith. Because I believe God's about to do miracles in this place. And you see, what I love about God is it doesn't matter how we feel about our inadequacy because it's actually not about us. It's about Jesus. And so I'm arguing to God, like, should I talk about Jesus as a healer? I don't feel like I'm qualified. And he's like, you're the perfect person to talk about it because there's going to be people in here that feel the same. We were on a journey to go. Is this what God said? Yes. Then how do we stand and believe on his word more? Friend, we need to step into the faith that he has given us that if Jesus is healer, then we're going to engage our faith. You know, there'll be people maybe you're in this room and the truth of it is I'm talking about Jesus as a healer, but you don't even know Jesus as your savior yet. And before we open the altar and pray for some people in this room, I want to give people the opportunity to discover what I believe is the greatest miracle. That's the miracle of salvation, where the Bible says that we go from death to life when we encounter the living resurrection power of Jesus. Friend, there is forgiveness for everything that you have done up until now and will do into the future if you'd say yes to Jesus because he covers a multitude of sin because of the sacrifice that he gave. And maybe right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give people an opportunity and you're saying, TC, I, know, I don't know what it is to be in relationship with Jesus. Well, today's your day. You can pray one simple prayer to acknowledge him as your Lord and your personal Savior, draw a line in the sand and walk into the future that he has for you. Or maybe you once used to walk with Jesus, but you know you turned your back on him. Friend, he never turned his back on you. You can have a fresh start today. 
If I'm speaking to you, all I'm going to ask you to do is to lift up your hand. That's just going to be an outward declaration of the decision you're making on the inside. Say, Jesus, I need you. So right across this room, I already see a hand going up on the, over here. Would you lift up your hand? You're saying, Jesus, I need you over there, over there, over there. Come on, many hands going up. I see that hand over there on the far side. Brilliant decision over here. Brilliant decision. Is there anybody else? I'll say, Jesus, I need you in my life as Lord and Savior. Over there, ma'am, I see that hand. Great decision. Come on, I'll give you a couple more moments. He loves you. He's for you. His grace is towards you. I see that hand in the middle there. Great decision. We're going to pray together in a moment. I don't want to miss anybody. So if that's you, just one more time, would you lift up your hand nice and proud? Jesus is for you. I see that hand in the middle there. Brilliant decision. Over on the far side there. Great decision. Well, we're going to pray this prayer together as a church family. So why don't you repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I need your love and I need your forgiveness. Today I declare that I am a Christian in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's church, let's put our hands together for every single person. You know, there's uh, another story that I was reading and uh, it's a story of this dad and he comes to the disciples first and foremost and he's asking for healing for his son. I think it's in Mark. And his disciples, the Jesus' disciples pray and they're unable to bring healing to the boy where I'd say he had a condition today, we'd probably say some severe mental health issues that he was facing. And the dad then goes to Jesus and he goes, hey, can you do something? Can you heal my son? And firstly, Jesus kind of rebukes his disciples and calls them faithless and you unbelievers. And he goes, how long should I be with you? You know, it's like, haven't you seen all the things that I've done? And like, why, why do you not believe? And, and sometimes I can relate to the disciples in that moment in, in a weird way because as somebody who's had to stand in the gap for others, I, I kind of know the feeling of sometimes not feeling like maybe you're adequate enough because the person you prayed for didn't quite get what they were believing for. And it's like, oh, but God doesn't actually want us to walk in shame. What he was saying in that moment, Jesus is like, hey, hey, activate your faith. Activate your faith. And then Jesus starts interacting with the dad and he goes, hey, uh, the dad goes to Jesus like, if you can, would you heal my son? And Jesus kind of challenges him and he goes, if I can, do you not believe? Again, not condemning him, but faith. It's like, where's, where's your faith? And I love this man's response because, because he's honest. He's authentic with Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I do believe, but would you help me with my unbelief? I'm like, I, I can get on board with that. Because do I have some believers in the house today who'd go, in my spirit, I believe. In my heart, I believe that he can do it. But sometimes on a Monday, maybe it's a Tuesday, the enemy starts to bring doubt. Oh, it didn't happen. Oh, it might not happen for you. It's not, oh, look, oh, well, but maybe you're not worthy. And then we, we, we have a battle in our mind. And this man's going, I, I have faith that you can do it, Jesus. But would you help me overcome the battle that is taking place in my mind? I believe there are people, and you're hearing me preach right now, there's a battle that is taking place. And let me tell you this, sometimes it takes a moment to say, I'm going to give God the benefit of the doubt. Come on, the devil is a liar, and I'm going to give God the benefit of the doubt. And you're going to believe 
you're going to believe that Jesus is a healer, then you're about to engage your faith. You know, for seven years, me and Joe, walking a journey of infertility, started, you know, about 18 months into our marriage where Joe was feeling unwell and figured out real quickly that she was pregnant, but then also figured out really quickly that it was what they call an ectopic pregnancy. Unfortunately, by now, that ectopic pregnancy had burst and she actually had to get life-saving surgery. And as a result of that surgery, they removed what they call the left fallopian tube, which I guess I don't have all the, you know, lingo for it, but it just meant, as the doctors explained to us, our chances of having kids were slightly decreased. And so we had faith, recovered from that, and we'd gone, okay, cool, God, we're going to keep believing in you. And it was maybe a year or so later, she found out she was pregnant again, and, you know, excitement fills your heart, and you're like, yes, God, this is going to be great. And only to realize very quickly that's what they call a chemical pregnancy, and it didn't really eventuate into anything. And it's like, oh, okay, cool, that's, that's a kick in the gut. But you know, God, no, 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 there's a promise that you've given us, and we believe that you're going to do it. So we keep believing, we keep believing. And a few years later, again, she falls pregnant and it's like, oh, you know, you're in the humanity. It's kind of like, oh, no, no, I don't want to get too excited. You know, I just want to, just, just kind of like give it a little bit of time. Okay, cool. Oh, that, that, that level is like, it's rising. Oh, this is good. So you're, you're just like, yes, it's, it's happening, God. And, and actually, was, she was here with a couple of girls, you know, doing like a, a thing for youth and, and inputting into them and started to feel unwell and she realized that it was a, another miscarriage and then it's just like oh it's just another kick in the gut and all through that time we had to keep coming back to do we believe do we believe that Jesus is healer do we believe that he can make a way is it just something that we say to others and it's actually not going to apply to our lives or do we do we believe so what did what did it look like for us sometimes we didn't feel like it but whenever there was an altar call I, I don't have much because this is the thing when it comes to faith, eh? Like, we always think, man, God's looking for us to be on the mountaintops with such crazy faith. He said, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. He wants your faith. He doesn't need much, but he still needs your faith. So sometimes it's okay to bring the little that you have to Jesus who can do a lot with the little. So here we are just bringing faith to Jesus. And we're just like, okay, cool. Would you do it? Just engaging our faith. I can't tell you how many times Joe would put in a prayer request, request every week to the team that prays for people. Every week, same thing. I'm like, maybe they're getting tired of us, man. It's just like TC and Joe praying for a baby. TC and Joe praying for a baby. No, no, no. Engaging our faith. Engaging our faith. Oh, I'll tell you what. Now, I got this kid that, that cries when I'm trying to get her to sleep. But you be rest assured, it doesn't matter because now I know that there is a God who when I engage my faith and I believe that He's good, He's able to bring a miracle. And I'm not telling you that to say that we're good. I'm telling you that He's good, that He's able. And if He can do it for us, He can do it for you. That Jesus is healer, that Jesus is able, that Jesus can move in your life like He did in our lives. And right now, I want to open the altar, maybe with everybody standing, that if you'd have faith today, that Jesus is healer, that He's your healer, 
Maybe for you personally right now in this room or maybe for a family member or a friend that you're believing for. We're just going to create room for Jesus to do what Jesus does and that is heal and bring hope. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come up the front and as the worship team begins to worship, can I encourage you, friend, to get out of your seat? Maybe for you when it comes to this moment, you've been the person that has stood in the seat and gone, God, I, I don't know if I can. Friend, with the little that you have, I'm telling you today, God can do a lot. And that today could be the day that you choose to say, I'm taking control of the fight that is in my mind and I'm engaging the faith that is in my heart that Jesus, you can do a miracle. And so as a team begins to lead us in worship, why don't we come and receive prayer and believe for miracles to take place today in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.